Morning. First thing Friday so time for fresh fix. This is the audio version of the email newsletter, made with Amazon Polly and a synthetic voice. Read the original, with all the links, at addictivelondon.com. Fix Insider Friday August 26th. Newt. After all the headlines over Disney shading Netflix on total subscriber numbers, people are changing the metrics they focus on. In Newtf, like the rest of digital, people are increasingly looking at the bottom line. Well sort of. Profit is still elusive for many on this space but revenue per user is a better steer than just customer numbers. This graphic comes from a good piece by Hollywood Reporter. Bear in mind the data doesn't include Hulu and ESPN, who I imagine have a better ARPU. It also notes Netflix have some more opportunities to improve ARPU, fixing sharing. If Netflix can capture any meaningful percentage of the 100 million global households that are sharing today, it can truly enhance ARPU growth, Morgan Stanley's Benjamin Swinburne emphasized in a report. Every 10 million members at a $3 monthly lift is potentially a 6% lift to operating income in 23, even though the company hasn't set any pricing yet and remains in a test phase. Thinking about ARPU is the best way to explain why YouTube are looking at a channel store where they can offer bundled access to streaming services. The new Pew research of U.S. teens shows YouTube to be really strong minus 95% of teens use the service and 19% say they use YouTube almost constantly, yet revenue is relatively weak when you consider ARPU. But compare YouTube with some of those other big social media companies and revenue still looks unimpressive. If YouTube has 2 BN monthly users that means the revenue it made in the past quarter is equal to less than $4 per user. Meta makes almost twice that. No wonder TV and streaming services look appealing. Taking a share of revenue would contribute to growth without adding to the strain on moderators. More than 5 MN people have already signed up to a bundled YouTube TV subscription. At $64.99 a month it is expensive but offers more than 85 channels. The Wall Street Journal reports that YouTube is working on a similar channel for multiple streaming services. Last week I mentioned that cinema is back, citing Hollywood enthusiasm triggered by the success of Top Gun and Minions amongst others. It was tempered by the question over whether there is enough good content around. Problems at Cineworld, where they may file for bankruptcy, highlight the fragility of the industry, where financial engineering shenanigans were exacerbated by the pandemic. More significant has been the changes to windowing etc. which loosened the cinema owner's control of the market. The second, more structural issue, is the changes to the traditional studio relationship engineered by the streaming services during the pandemic. There are limits to this. Studios have retreated from launching big franchises online rather than in cinemas. But it's still unclear what the impact of a window of theatrical exclusivity that has roughly halved from 3 or 4 months to 45 days will be as consumer spending is squeezed. There's a question too over the implications for second-tier films. Whilst I will go pay to see Dune or Top Gun at Hackney Picturehouse I will watch second-tier films at home. It's a strange time to revive Movie Pass, the monthly subscription for cinema tickets that crashed and burned in 2019. Ads. Oxios have a good summary of how Apple have evolved their concerns over privacy into their own ad empire, and along the way kneecapped competitors like Meta. Many ad tech firms have been kneecapped by privacy too and our friends from Aridi are quoted in a good article considering the end days of ad. Tech. As Aridi pointed out in a recent research note, all 15 of the ad tech companies that went public since 2020, including Viant, Applovin, AdTherin, Acuity Ads, Zeta Global, Taboola, and Outbrain, are below their IPO price, some by as much as 90%. Byron Sharp has an almost religious following, 
with many marketers extolling the virtues of his approach to advertising, essentially building mental and physical availability in advertising consistently throughout the year. This usually means always on TV ads and consequently his devotees are most common at CPG firms with big TV budgets. In a recent talk he takes umbrage with some ideas that are equally popular amongst his acolytes, namely Binet and Fields with their 60% brand 40% performance model and the recent enthusiasm for attention metrics. He dismissed things like attention is the new metric as nonsense, and stated that Binet and Fields 60-40 brand spend to performance rule is based on flawed data. Le Binet is a lovely guy, and I would says a good friend of mine, but, the 60-40 rule, really is terrible, very misleading, said Sharp. I have read the books but wouldn't claim to really know this space. To me it's all a bit flat earth society, as the world of digital doesn't really get properly considered. But the next AdMap conference promises to be tense. Merchant. In this week's Insider Deep Dive I covered the latest Instacart results and considered how big players can better utilize delivery drivers, as well as Walmart and Merchant Media and the pause in Amazon fresh store openings. Another example of the bigger players collaborating, and squeezing the smaller competitors, is a rumored partnership between Shopify and Instacart. The initial focus is delivery, back to improving utilization, but there is also speculation around an advertising partnership. This is built on with a comment from our friends at Aridi about how Shopify could look at a Criteo acquisition to fast-forward their ad plans. The blurring of lines between online and offline continues in retail. Whilst I hate the word digital, this piece is a good look at how retailers are bridging this line, with some good examples. This is the case of the store mode concept offered by Zara, initially in Spain and later extended to UK, Japan, Europe and the US, which allows consumers to use the company's app to check the availability of a product in a physical store, buy it and collect it within 30 minutes. If they don't want to buy the product before seeing it physically, they can use a geolocation function to find the product in-store and book a fitting room to try it out. In our focus on the Amazon Fresh stores, I noted that one positive was how customers sued then to collect and return Amazon purchases, again bridging that gap. Some consolidation at the luxury end of e-commerce Richemont to sell WineApp stake to Farfetch, writes down 2.7 billion euros, Vogue business. Creative. Good reaction to our focus on creativity last week, and always keen to talk about this subject. I was reminded of this article from a couple of months ago, how brands can adapt to change with data-led creative, which is worth sharing again. This is the subject that smart thinkers like Sharp, Binet and Field should be focused on, so much potential to change the economics of advertising. With rich new opportunities like Netflix movies, Amazon Football and the Tesco or Walmart app brands can now pioneer next-generation marketing, with creative enhanced by data. And technology enables us to do this at scale. Cantor consider when to use AI to guide creative decisions arguing there is still a role for humans. Social. We first covered Be Real back in April, just before A16Z invested, and it's fascinating to see its growth. The Guardian profile the app saying it's a modern-day Facebook dash and describing it as Gen Z's favorite app. The FT disagree, with the headline photo-sharing app is not the next Facebook. They explain why. But Be Real's decision to trade on authenticity limits its advertising opportunities. If users only post photos once a day they will not spend much time on the app. And while snaps of a friend's daily dog walk might be amusing, not many users will want to pay a subscription to see it. Be Real has less in common with Snap and Facebook than short-lived phenomenon Yo. Launched in 2014, Yo's only function was to send the user's friends the message Yo. At the height of its popularity it was the most downloaded US social media app. Two years later it shut down. 
The app's founder said he wished he had charged users from day one. It is a lesson Be Real's creators should have heeded. As well as rapid adoption and the headlines, Be Real has achieved the ultimate accolade, Instagram are to launch a clone, well candid challenge is something really quite similar. But maybe the original has enough going for it to win out? This review suggests so. After using the anti-social media app Be Real for 5 months, I'm convinced any clone by Instagram won't be able to replicate its authenticity. The information think TikTok's $4 billion advertising machine is messy behind the scenes, but aren't they all? Plus plus. TikTok's extraordinary rise signals a more multipolar internet. Concerns over TikTok user data persist, Columbia Journalism Review. Andresen Horowitz bets on crypto to break up big tech power, FT. Why build in Web3, Harvard Business Review, shared this before but just reread it. Our latest good TikTok creative looks at Jack Wills and how they used house music. Large ad agency networks have resisted the economic downturn, so far, Wall Street Journal. Drone slash snap, US market grounded by regulation and Chinese high flyer, FT. Why Uber and Lyft are tapping into the ad business. New summer drop for Snapchat plus subscribers, Snap Newsroom 1 million Snap plus users already.